Welcome to the daily VFN Radio Highlights, where we're keeping the conversation light at VFNTV.com. Enjoy. Today, we're going to be talking about the power of the presidency. How much power does a president really have when they get in office? Let's take a look. The President of the United States is often described as the most powerful person in the world. The person who occupies the Oval Office represents a population of more than 320 million people and oversees the world's largest economy. As Commander-in-Chief, the President commands all five branches of the U.S. Armed Forces and a military budget that tops $580 billion annually. The president decides where troops are stationed, where ships are sent, and how weapons will be used. 886 generals and admirals take their orders from the president, along with some 1.4 million active frontline military personnel and 1.1 million active reserves. The president is the only person who can access the secret codes necessary to launch a nuclear attack and is effectively responsible for more than 4,500 active and inactive nuclear warheads in the U.S. arsenal. The U.S. gives nearly $50 billion in foreign aid to more than 180 countries around the world. That's the president's job as well. The U.S. has collective defense agreements with 54 nations and legally conducts surveillance in 193 countries. The president has the power to veto laws passed by Congress and can pardon anyone of any federal crime, except impeachment. The president can designate land for national monuments and parks and appoints cabinet members, diplomats, and federal judges all the way up to the Supreme Court. You might think the president's job is the most important job in the world, but it's not. The most important job is deciding who holds all that power. The most important job is yours. Make history. Vote. That's so, so very important to understand the power behind the presidency that we decided as a country to be able to, to give them and understanding too that you know, it's your vote that puts them there. I want to make sure that you participate in the voting process. And one way that we do that in America is through the Electoral College. We don't have a popular vote per se. We have an Electoral College, and that's to keep tyrants and, and populists to be able to come over and take over our country. They don't do it because of the Electoral College. What does that really mean? Well, let's take a look right now. I want to talk to you about the Electoral College and why it matters. All right, I know this doesn't sound like the most sensational topic of the day, but stay with me because I promise you it's one of the most important. To explain why requires a very brief civics review. The President and Vice President of the United States are not chosen by a nationwide popular vote of the American people. Rather, they are chosen by 538 electors. This process is spelled out in the United States Constitution. Why didn't the founders just make it easy? and let the presidential candidate with the most votes claim victory? Why did they create, and why do we continue to need this electoral college? The answer is critical to understanding not only the electoral college, but also America. The founders had no intention of creating a pure majority rule democracy. They knew from careful study of history what most have forgotten today or never learned. Pure democracies do not work. They implode. 
democracy has been colorfully described as two wolves and a lamb voting on what's for dinner. In a pure democracy, bare majorities can easily tyrannize the rest of a country. The founders wanted to avoid this at all costs. This is why we have three branches of government, executive, legislative, and judicial. It's why each state has two senators, no matter what its population, but also different numbers of representatives based entirely on population. It's why it takes a supermajority in Congress and three quarters of the states to change the Constitution. And it's why we have the Electoral College. Here's how the Electoral College works. The presidential election happens in two phases. The first phase is purely democratic. We hold 51 popular elections every presidential election year, one in each state and one in DC. On election day in 2012, you may have thought you were voting for Barack Obama or Mitt Romney, but you were really voting for a slate of presidential electors. In Rhode Island, for example, if you voted for Barack Obama, you voted for the state's four Democratic electors. If you voted for Mitt Romney, you were really voting for the state's four Republican electors. Part two of the election is held in December, and it is this December election among the state's 538 electors not the November election, which officially determines the identity of the next president. At least 270 votes are needed to win. Why is this so important? Because the system encourages coalition building and national campaigning. In order to win, a candidate must have the support of many different types of voters from various parts of the country. Winning only the South or the Midwest is not good enough. You cannot win 270 electoral votes if only one part of the country is supporting you. But if winning were only about getting the most votes, a candidate might concentrate all of his efforts in the biggest cities or the biggest states. Why would that candidate care about what people in West Virginia or Iowa or Montana think? But you might ask, isn't the election really only about the so-called swing states? Actually, no. If nothing else, safe and swing states are constantly changing. California voted safely Republican as recently as 1988. Texas used to vote Democrat. Neither New Hampshire nor Virginia used to be swing states. Most people think that George W. Bush won the 2000 election because of Florida. Well, sort of, but he really won the election because he managed to flip one state which the Democrats thought was safe, West Virginia. Its four electoral votes turned out to be decisive. No political party can ignore any state for too long without suffering the consequences. Every state, and therefore every voter in every state, is important. The Electoral College also makes it harder to steal elections. Votes must be stolen in the right state in order to change the outcome of the Electoral College. With so many swing states, this is hard to predict and hard to do. But without the Electoral College, any vote stolen in any precinct in the country could affect the national outcome, even if that vote was easily stolen in the bluest California precinct or the reddest Texas one. The Electoral College is an ingenious method of selecting a president for a great, diverse republic such as our own. It protects against the tyranny of the majority, encourages coalition building, and discourages voter fraud. Our founders were proud of it. We can be too. I'm Tara Ross for Prager University. This is so important, you know, the Word of God lets us know that God's people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. We really have to get involved as civil Christians 
in a civil land. And that's why we have civil Christianity. I mean, you can find it at civilchristianity.org, but we have to get involved in the process. If all Christians got involved and moved in the biblical worldview in regards to how we voted and how we uh, responded to uh, culture and society, it would go God's way. It would go the way that God would want the nation to be able to go. And we believe that's going to really happen. And civilchristianity.org is there to be able to help and encourage you. But to understand the power of the presidency, it's worth studying who you're going to vote for, finding out more about them, going to vfntv.com forward slash vote to find out the, um, the questionnaires that they've been given and the uh, many, many, many value voters questionnaires and interviews that we have there for you so you can just learn about the particular candidates. You've just been listening to the highlights from VFN TV and the Data Radio program where we're keeping the conversation light. Listen or watch more programs and check out the VFN Torch at vfntv.com. Don't forget about our VFN TV app where no matter where you are, you can take the light with you and share with your friends. We want to thank our sponsors and partners who make this program possible. Take the time and support our sponsors. You can locate them at vfntv.com and select sponsors. If you'd like to become a sponsor or partner, you can do so at vfntv.com. VFN TV and the daily radio program where we're keeping the conversation light. Yeah.